Welcome to The Breakdown. I'm your host, Isaac Mateus. I'm here with Stephen and Johnny. In our show, The Breakdown, we seek to equip students and parents with a biblical framework, practical wisdom, and resources so they would further their relationship with Jesus Christ and further the mission of God. Guys, let's get started with the show. Welcome back, party people. How's everybody doing? So we're party people today. Yeah, of course. We should be party people every day, all the time. I'm amazing today. That reminds me of a song that I can't recommend called Whoop There It Is. I thought of the song Copacabana after Copacabana for some reason. But anyway, uh, welcome back, Jace, to the show. Lamar Brown, Jason Lamar Brown. Uh, I wish we had like a, a clap, like a clapping track where I'd be like, yeah, you know. So Jace is back on the show. Hey, thanks, man. It's good to be back. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for coming. Uh, I was worried that our relationship would be a little rocky after you took the recommendation spotlight from me, but it's okay. Um, I thought about it a little bit. Still upset about it, but I'll get over it. I'll be the bigger man. That's good to hear. Uh, anyway, so... I don't, I don't think you will. So I found a spoon on the ground. I'm holding it now. You can't see it, but I can see it. Uh, and this got me thinking, is the spork the best utensil or is it not? Like, because I feel like the spork is a mixture of spoon and fork. Thus would be the best of both worlds. Here's the problem with the spork, though. It does both, but it does neither well. Interesting. I see people trying to cut things with a spork, and it it that's, that's seems bad. to be yeah. a huge failure. Yeah, it is because it is. It needs, like, serrated edge yeah. or something. Yeah, if you want the best of both worlds, what you really need is a Swiss Army knife. Mm. That's got everything. You can't eat that. Counterpoint to Jace's spork comment. Forky is my favorite Toy Story character, <laughs> and he's a spork. Oh, good counterpoint. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that, that answers all our questions <laughs> in, a, in a super good way. It should. Because, like, you go to KFC. Have you guys been to KFC recently? I try not to, but... I do not peruse Out of KFC. all the chicken joints, you would go to KFC? I do not peruse KFC much, but I do enjoy it. It's a it's a fairly decent restaurant. I'm I am always perplexed every time I enter into a KFC. Somehow it's always empty, even if like at like booming lunch hour, I'm still the only one there. It's a little concerning to me. Um, but they always serve sporks. They always give you a spork, and uh, it got me thinking. Like, is that is that because people were asking for it? Were people like, oh man, I want a spork? I want a spork. That's like the best one. Anyway, it was just something to think about. Listener, mm-hmm. think about it. Decide what's your favorite utensil. That's all I have to say. Anyway, on the docket today, gentlemen, Steven's here. He just doesn't want to be a part of this tomfoolery. Um, on the docket today, we have a question sent in to us. It says, what does encountering God mean? Can you give an example what does encountering God mean? So, obviously, this got us thinking. It's got me thinking a little bit, scratching my brain a little bit. Stephen had, uh, he's given some good examples and has uh, used some analogies. Um, but we felt it necessary, a good idea, to kind of sit down and talk about it. So, just off rip, as you think about your life, your relationship with Jesus, what does encountering God mean? Like, does it mean that you saw him across the street? You went to the grocery store and he was like, hey, what's up? He was getting like mangoes or something. Or does it have a more spiritual connotation? What's the deal? 
What's the deal? Wow, don't all answer at once. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, the, the analogies that Isaac was referring to was from a sermon series we preached, and um, I had given a, an analogy from Paul Washer, um, and he's telling a story, you know, and he, he's speaking to a crowd or whatever, and he says that, you know, if I had come across the street and on my way into the service tonight, I got ran over by an 18-wheeler, you know, a logging truck doing 70 miles an hour and I just walked in here the room like yo what's up I just had this what should have been a life-altering encounter with this Mack truck but yet nothing has changed in my life he said you know you'd call me a fool and, you'd, and a liar and you'd say you, you didn't that thing did not run you over like clearly there's no difference in you uh, you're just telling me a story and then he says well you know many of you claim to have had a life-altering encounter with God but yet your life doesn't look any different um, and I think, you know, the question today has come from, you know, when we were talking about that and that folks are saying, well, what does it look like to have a life-altering encounter with God? And so and when I say encountering God, I'm not just talking about, like, um, hearing about Him, although that is certainly, uh, you know, could be an encounter with Him. I think the, the heart behind what we were talking about was a life-altering encounter with God. And so what would that look like? Um, there's a difference between coming in contact with the knowledge of God and His existence and even hearing the gospel, because um, that could all be, in some, to some degree, an encounter with God. Like, man, I've now heard from the Word of the Lord. I've now heard His gospel. I've now, uh, I'm now accountable for the information that I've heard, um, and uh, I have a choice. Man, I can either respond to this, or I can reject this, or I can think about this, and that kind of thing. Um, but for many of our students, uh, they claim to have had an encounter with God, some type of spiritual encounter, some type of uh, prayer or conviction or something in which they even said some words and think they're saved, and they will claim uh, an encounter with God and, and in their mind mean it to be life-altering, but yet they're no different than when they were before they were saved. And um, I think our challenge to them was a saved person, uh, there, is, there is evidence of salvation is what I'm getting at, and a saved person is different. Uh, they were formerly dead in their sins and trespasses, but now they have been made alive in Christ Jesus. Um, and, you know, I think of even Paul in uh, Acts chapter 9. This dude is going and persecuting believers, and he's literally trying to kill them. And he has this encounter with God, uh, and he's on the road, and literally, you know, something stops him dead in his tracks, and it's this bright light, and the voice of the Lord speaks to him and says, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Um, and, you know, they have this conversation, and literally his eyes are now blind. He cannot see, uh, and he's, he's had this encounter, and he walks away from it physically actually changed, Spiritually, he walks away from it going, I've got to deal with this. Like, I've just come to a, a, I've just had an encounter with God, and I've come to the realization that God is real, uh, and now I've, I've got to deal with this. What am I going to do? Am I going to choose to follow him, or am I going to choose to reject him? And so he goes, and uh, he, he, he goes to the place that God tells him to go to, and he has men leading there, and then, like, he comes in contact with this man, um, and this man disciples him and prays for him. And like Saul, then you see like this confession of Jesus and this discipleship process that takes place. 
um, and then he's, he's actually physically healed, but his life went from one, that I'm persecuting the Christians and Jesus, to now I'm actually proclaiming Jesus. Like in verse 20 of, of Acts chapter 9, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue. Uh, and he's proclaiming Jesus as the Son of God, you actually see an encounter with God that is life-altering. He goes from trying to kill believers to trying to make believers, uh, to trying to proclaim Jesus as, you know, before he was trying to kill anyone that did proclaim Jesus, and you see an actual difference. Uh, and that's just a very clear example. But everyone, every one of the disciples, like the moment they believe and they start to follow Jesus, they're actually different. And for me, uh, when I got saved, that was the case. I mean, I had an encounter with God in which I had to decide whether I was going to follow God or not. Um, and that encounter looked like an invitation to follow him. I mean, the truth and the knowledge of who he is and what he has done. And then I had to respond to that. Um, and so the moment I got saved and I confessed my sins and I placed my faith and trust in Jesus, like I was different. And that the reality of God saving me literally changed me and changed the direction of my life and changed my future uh, position and my stance positionally with God. And I was actually different. And I'm, I, I was just saying that like uh, before in our, in our series, we were, we were preaching through and I was just trying to clarify that there should be a difference. And if there is no difference, in a you know someone claiming to be a believer from before they got saved to, to after they got saved, uh, my challenge to them was to really think through this and you know have you actually encountered God in that way to where it, it, it's life altering? Yeah. So being in student ministry for as long as I've been in student ministry, um, there's this thing that that I despise that happens a lot and I and I call it the camp experience. Right. So. Uh, a lot of the times we'll take students to camp and um, they'll have a, a you know fantastic time at camp while, while they're away and they'll they'll experience some type of a pseudo spiritual high and, and think it's an encounter with God and then as soon as they come back and face the cares of the world there's no difference in, in their life right so an encounter with God necessarily means a change and um, you know as, as I was thinking through this I was thinking of um, something that Jesus taught and it's not it's not a hundred percent directly related to encountering God, but but he's talking about the difference between um, uh, encountering something that is not real, encountering something that's not Jesus, and encountering Jesus. And in uh, John chapter ten, Jesus is talked about himself as the good shepherd. And in verse two, he says this: "But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice." And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So Jesus is talking about uh, him being the good, the real shepherd. And because there's this intimate relationship, right, because there's a genuine encounter, because there's a genuine uh, relationship that's happening, the sheep, those that, that would follow the shepherd, know the voice, right? So when we're talking about an encounter with God, um, there's a difference between a camp experience or, or some uh, moralistic therapeutic teaching and an actual encounter with Jesus. And one of the things that we see about an actual encounter with Jesus is that it necessarily rele- uh, leads to 
an intimate relationship. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at here in John chapter 10, that the sheep know the shepherd, um, and because they know the shepherd, they follow his voice. So there's an intimacy um, in an encounter with God. Yeah, there's a sense in which, you know, we can talk about encounters with God from the scriptures and think about these, like, watershed moments that happen, you know, in the Bible. Like, um, you know, Moses goes up the mountain in Exodus 19, you know, or Isaiah seeing the Lord in um, Isaiah 6. Uh, and those are, those are definitely encounters with God. Uh, but there are also encounters with God that are like uh, Elijah in the, in the cave, right? And uh, the whole point of that, um, uh, that whole passage is like the Lord sometimes doesn't necessarily appear in some sort of big, grandiose way. Uh, instead, uh, sometimes he's just the small wind that passes by, right? And so sometimes it's like, man, I can have this massive religious experience um, that, that uh, you know, affects me in some way emotionally, uh, but sometimes I could just hear the simple preaching of the word and be like, wow, um, you know, the Lord is asking me to do something here, and I need to, I need to figure out if I'm going to do that or not. And so at the end of the day, sometimes what we're talking about is just simple discipleship, mm-hmm. right? Like, am I going to be a disciple? Am I going to say yes and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, here I am, you know, I'll do it. Uh, and honestly, even after that massive religious experience, that's where Isaiah lands, right? That's what he says. Um, God says, hey, we need somebody to go. And Isaiah's like, well, here I am. What am I doing? What's up? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the next thing on the list? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's touching on that is uh, such a good point. Because I think when we talk about experiencing God, I think the initial reaction is that we're talking about some crazy religious experience and like when I so when I was 16 I remember um, having to do like some research on some paper that I was working on in high school for some reason I can't even remember the paper but there uh, there's a, a, a view or a camp in uh, I don't know like in Christian belief that they they take their high school students on what they call like experience camp which is where they literally go to like to the woods and they bring all these people and the goal is that they listen to a preaching and then they send everybody out into the woods and then the people in the woods are supposed to go and like pray and then they're supposed to experience god this was not a cult it sounds super cult-like. <laughs> Apparently, I, I don't, you know, it's in a very weird denomination. Okay. I'm not going to n- name what the denomination is. It's a strange denomination, um, to me at least. Uh, and so, yeah, like this is a thing. This is a thing that people do. And so the idea of experiencing God, like people want to experience God, but they think that experiencing God means like I go into the woods and I you know, I pray for a while, and then, like, you know, God just like, hey, yo, what's up, man? Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, is that God? You know? It's just this weird, it's just this weird thing. So I think it's such a good point that you're pointing yeah. out that, you know, God does not, he doesn't always speak through grandiose methods. I mean, he could speak through just a pastor or a friend that is just faithful to the gospel and just preaches to the, like, preaches you the gospel. Yeah. And that's good enough, and that's you encountering the Lord. And so um, I just want to, you know, 
I, I think that Encountering God is a weird one because it sounds like you're expecting this kind of really weird, you know, super spiritual experience, you know. But at and, the same time, I mean, let's be honest, God definitely could do that as well. I mean, he I could, mean, yeah. I've had times where I've just been broken and weeping, sure. you know, over the you know the truth of the gospel, and, and it was it was this massive emotional experience. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I think, I think the, like, the... The mode or the method can can be all over the place to sure. some degree, um, and I think the the like getting to the heart of it is the moment in which God is speaking to me, and that can be the still small voice of the Lord. That can be man. I'm just reading through the text, and God is allowing me to hear from Him, um, and so my heart is open. He's, he's leading me through the text or speaking to me through the text or something like that or like I'm reading words and it's convicting me and I'm realizing, man, I am not right with the Lord. And so now, now I'm interacting right sure. with His Word. I'm interacting with Him. And uh, when, I, when I get to the point, I'm like, man, I'm lost. And I, don't, and I don't know Jesus. And, and now I'm reading the Word or I've, I've heard a sermon or I'm bringing different things and aspects into it or or things of that nature. So it's not some hyped up big like sure. you know Damascus Road, you know, voice of the Lord calling from the sky type encounter. But it's like, man, I've blown it. Yeah. I'm reading the word, I'm convicted of my sin. I'm going, I actually need Jesus. Man, I'm encountering the word there. Sure. And I'm encountering God and God is using his word uh, to speak to me and and, the mo- and convict me and using you know and so the moment I turn to the Lord and I think man no God I actually need you and I want you and I I desire to be right with you and I confess my sin like I get saved man like for me my own conversion like I didn't have this big massive experience man I just was overwhelmed with conviction I'm in His Word I'm going I'm not right with Him so I'm encountering Him but it's not like some publicly known thing like mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm laying in my bed going. God, I'm not right with you. If I wake up, if I don't wake up in the morning, I I don't know you. And so there was this moment in which I I prayed to receive Christ and I put place my faith and trust in him and confessed him as Lord, my life and like I mean I was encountering the Lord there, but after that, like I was different. Uh it it made a difference in my life and so like it was different than the camp experience, which I, you know, I I had that as well. Like, man, I went to camp and kind of found a, a renewed sense of desire for the Lord, or kind of amped up my my walk. I, I you know, I went to the next level, you know. Mm. Um, and you know, so oftentimes though, you have like Pastor Johnny said, this. Oh man, I, I had this experience and it was spiritual and it was religious. And it's like, man, you ain't no different. You know, you came back, and I mean, you're 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 probably more lost now than you were then. You know, like because uh, now you're doing everything worse. You know, and, and oh yeah, but I had this. Thing. And it's like there's got to be a difference. What we're talking about here, and that and that was kind of the to the point of what mm-hmm. I was originally preaching on, but or we were originally talking about was um, how do you know you're saved? And, and kind of answering that question, and we were talking about this. There should be a difference in your life. There's markers that are there. Like one day you weren't saved, and the next day you are saved. And somewhere in there, there was an encounter with God because he had to save you. Yeah, so I think what I'm getting at and why why my mind went to John 10 was um, an encounter with God necessarily means that we're going to change, right? I mean, you can look at Paul. You can look at all the disciples. Yeah, 100%. Um, it necessarily means a change, but that change doesn't always isn't always this grandiose thing. Sometimes that change, and 
I, I say more than sometimes, always, that change is demonstrated by a quiet, intimate relationship. Yeah, and when you think like grand change, like it actually is. When you go to being dead to now being made alive, like it is a is a big, big deal. It is a massive change where you didn't have Jesus, you didn't have the Holy Spirit, now you do. Mm-hmm. But as far as like your actual actions, it, it may not be grand. It may not yeah. be like, man, I was this, you know, this, and now I'm this or something like that. But actually, it is a big change when I was dead in my sins and now I'm made alive in Christ. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah, and but. certainly the best thing that could happen to anybody and, and the biggest thing that could ever happen to anybody, um, it's not necessarily displayed, I guess what I'm trying to say, in yeah. a grandiose way. Yeah. Um, you know, my testimony, um, man, there was, there was an immediate change and then there was growth change, gradual change. Um, you know, but my testimony, it wasn't like I was out, you know, doing all these terrible things one day and then the next day I was completely different. Although that happens for some, for some people when they encounter God, sometimes an encounter with God, you certainly go from, from death to life, but sometimes that encounter with God is more of the intimate, continual, gradual change that happens because of an intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I think about encountering the Lord. Um, I want to figure out how to do that. The first thing I think about is Hebrews chapter one. I think it's very interesting the way the writer of Hebrews does this. He starts off by saying, hey, you know, a long time ago, when God wanted to talk to us, he used the prophets, right? So thinking like, you know, uh, Isaiah, like I mentioned earlier, Ezekiel, those guys. So he would speak to us through the prophets. And even, uh, you know, Moses is a prophet, so the the whole Pentateuch, all that. Um, But then verse 2, he says, but now in the last days, he's spoken to us through his son, right? So if, and then verse 3 is really the critical point because he says, he, talking about Jesus, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact express representation of his nature. So if I want to know who God is, I look to Jesus. Yeah. And where do yeah. I find Jesus? Yeah. Well, in the scriptures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I want an encounter with God, that's where I need to be. Yeah. I need to be spending time there because that's where God speaks to me. It's not only where God speaks to me, let me be clear, yeah. but it is also where he speaks. So if I want to hear from the Lord, if I want to see who he is, I want to see what he's like, uh, then I go look at the scriptures. Yeah, and, and clearly, like if your life, your life is no different, like if you're, you, you've claimed to know Christ and you're not any different than you used to be, I, I would question that, that mm-hmm. relationship with the Lord because the scripture says there ought to be something different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's tons of ways. Um, I, I, I would... I would piggyback off of what Jay said, and I would even strongly encourage that if you are trying to encounter God, I would say the first place you ought to go is your Bible. Yeah. Is not like you don't don't go into the woods and pretend like yeah I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray a whole bunch and He's just gonna speak to me. I would highly recommend your first option being the, the Scriptures, um, and I I do think the Lord can speak in other ways, but I. I mean, he's given us his word so concretely. Like, why wouldn't you go just there first? You know, that's your first option. But, uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I, I think even in, in the little things of even just sitting under a preaching and this, you know, preacher is, is exposing the word well. And it's like I feel like God is speaking directly to me. Like that scripture was exactly at the right time, exactly at the right moment, it was convicting or it was encouraging or like and I feel like I'm not thankful for the preacher I'm thankful for the Lord 
you know? That sort of experience or that encounter with the Lord, uh, even being something through just other believers being used by the Lord. So there's a lot of ways you can encounter. Um, there's a lot of ways you can encounter God. But, yeah, I would say just uh, diving into the Word and then uh, prayer is, is much needed, is a much required thing. But I just would caution anybody if you're trying to go into the woods and, like, experience God through, like, this special camp that you go to the woods or even a camp experience where you think, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be a different person because I went to camp. You ought to be thinking that I'm going to be a different person every single day because every single day I'm going to be encountering the sun. And First uh, Corinthians 3, man, when I look into the mirror, when I look into his image, I'm transformed every single time. And so, um, yeah, that would be my encouragement. But anything else? Do you guys have anything else to say? I would just say God desires to encounter us daily through his word. Um, you know, he's revealed himself to us through his word. So if you're wondering how can I encounter God, read your Bible. Yeah. Like study study his word. For sure. Maybe, maybe I would just add, um, other than the scriptures, some other ways that maybe you can encounter the Lord. Um, so, for example, David encountered the Lord when Nathan came to him and said, hey, buddy, you messed up. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you're the man, right? You're the, you're, the, you're the dude who stole the other guy's sheep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes your encounter with the Lord is through your friend who's saying, hey, you're an idiot. You need to stop. Um, sometimes encountering the Lord is through worship, like music, mm-hmm. right, through song. Um, and you're hearing the truth of the scriptures in song form. Sometimes that speaks very deeply to certain yeah. people um, in certain situations. So there, there's more than just the scriptures. But like you said, absolutely, uh, you know, start there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just say going back to the word, uh, your your definitions or your like learning what it means to encounter the Lord is is has to be defined by and limited to the word. And so the word teaches us what it means to encounter God. So that I'm not, I mean, your camp experience is not really something that, like the Bible says, hey, make sure you have one of those. So, like, what does it mean in the word? And, and I would say it has to, you know, be founded and grounded by that. But you've never seen the passage in, like, first hesitations, like, <laughs> thou shalt go to camp, yeah. and thou shalt be transformed by camp. You didn't see that? I'll, I'll mail you a copy. I'm going to have a copy of, of the Bible with first hesitations. Um, thank you so much, listeners, for listening in, tuning in. Thank you so much, Johnny. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you so much, Jace, for being hey, here. Thanks for having me back again. It's always super fun to talk about these really important topics. So Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate all you guys. I think we did a, a bang-up job, as the English say or the British say. We did a bang-up job. Is that what they say? They do. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Okay. Sure. Um, so, as always, if you have questions, if you feel like you have questions about encountering God through the scriptures, or maybe you want uh, more clarity on encountering God through musical worship or through prayer or through other means, um, send us in a question. We're always here. The breakdown at richardcreek.com. The breakdown at richardcreek.com. You can send us questions in and we will answer them. Um, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys, and we will see you guys next week.